0: Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. My name is Baxter. Thank you for pressing play. It's going to be a joy to be on the mic for you and to have this opportunity to connect and maybe even find some comfort in that connection. Every week I play different music in the background. If you want to have your music featured, I'd love to hear it. You can write me at SoundCloud or you can send me an email to baxter at futureheropodcast.com. I'd love to uh, listen to it and hopefully even feature it. Thank you guys for all the support. The artist that we're going to listen to today is an ambient, uh, well, this, he makes ambient and uh, down-tempo, and at least, and uh, we're going to do two of his projects today. One project is called In the Branches, and that's his ambient, soundscape type vibe, and then we're going to listen to his other project, The Adaptive, which is a little bit more upbeat. I'll have the information on what exactly I'm playing in the notes. Thank you, Shang, for letting me use your music, and uh, let's talk peace. if it comes off this way with you guys, but I really try on here to to not be preachy, but to be more conversational with you. Um, I've always been the kind of guy that could do the talking on a long car trip, and I kind of think sometimes that's sort of what's happening here. I certainly wouldn't want the absence of my preaching to fool you into thinking that I don't have big beliefs about things. I don't want you to, to think that I have this laid-back, casual manner about all thoughts and ideas, because there are so definitely some ideas, concepts, and ways that inspire the hell out of me, that I do believe that the expansion of certain ideas would be a benefit to the world, not just my immediate world, but the, the world as a whole. They're not my ideas. In fact, they're centuries and century old ideas. But like those people then, I still believe in the potential of certain ideas and certain beliefs. And I want to speak to today the idea of peace. Because this is an idea that, in a subject and an exploration that uh, has more or less Defined my spiritual life since I was a child. And I can honestly say that I have not done enough on the policy side of peace. But I have, over the last few years, really worked on the personal side of peace, and that's maybe what makes me want to preach a little bit. It's not because I know better. It's just that I have experience putting peace into practice. And it has helped me in my teaching. It has helped me in my conversations with people. I think it's made me less intimidating to others. And so I think it's a good thing. And I've noticed in most of my life, when something is good for me, there's at least three other people that also find it good for them. And so I'm playing this super chill track right now to help you find my vibe before I speak to it. To find that peace, one of the cool things about peace is that it's it's, hard to, it's a hard to describe feeling because it takes on different emotions while you're feeling it, but peace is a physical feeling. And that peaceful feeling can be stimulated. can be delightfully triggered. and music is one of those things for me. So to sort of trigger the feeling of peace, if you can, wherever you are, I just want you to take a couple of deep breaths and listen to In the Branches. Figurative shield and sword in case we get attacked in case we're ambushed and we tell ourselves that we don't want to use this but we will if we have to as we hold tight to the heavy sword as our arm is wrapped into the Cumbersome shield. And those are instruments of war, not instruments of peace. And so to cling to those instruments is kind of like clinging to the dock while the rest of you is in the canoe. And you cannot fully experience that canoe and the magic being on the water while you're gripped tight to the dock because the dock is stationary and the body of water is moving and they can't be both just as to be truly peaceful you've got to let go of that sword because when the time does come up that you may need it if you're committed to peace then you shouldn't use it it's easy to be committed to peace when you're carrying a sword but it is much truer and more beneficial to peace To not have the sword, to encounter an agitation, and then that is the moment that you can be peaceful. That is peace's opportunity to bloom. And the shield, the protective block us and hurtful people, it blocks communication, or at least it alters it. And when that communication is altered, it's less real. Sometimes in conversations, to get to the depths of them that we want to go, we have to reveal. To really find that insight, we have to open up. And that opening up means dropping that shield. Some of us, the shield is an old, ancient idea of ourselves. And it's become as heavy as pseudo-armor. So let's walk towards peace and let's drop it. Let's drop it. Let's spend our energy carrying more useful things than something that we're not supposed to use anyway. And if we can do that, if we can drop those weapons, it will encourage the other ones around us to drop theirs. And when people start to drop their armor, when it when it falls away from them, it is, it, it's almost like pulling them out of a refrigerator they've been crammed into because when they come into that sort of peaceful idea of dropping those weapons, it's almost as if they can finally stand up straight. They can finally take a breath of fresh air. Trust me, I'm not talking about physical protection. This isn't a gun debate. Right now, I'm talking about the way we interact with people. Like, for instance, some dudes hide behind a shield of toughness. Some people hide behind a shield of cattiness, of sarcasm. Actually... Unfortunately, sometimes a sense of humor can be a type of shield where you can't get through to someone because everything is a joke to them. But for us to walk in peace, uh, we can't cling to the dock. So we have to let go of those weapons. And part of letting go of those weapons is letting go of the language of war. And this is perhaps when the podcast gets a little sermon Because we're using the language of war a lot more than I think we realize sometimes. And sometimes the way we express ourselves, even when it is legit anger, is wartime talk. And it is not my belief that... Anger has to be expressed in war terms Anger happens all the time I am not one of these uh, New Agers that doesn't believe in the usefulness of anger But anger anger might have uh, The limit of its violence could be uh, You going out into the woods and yelling That would be a Peaceful, more or less <laughs> unless your neighbors are right there it would be a peaceful way to deal with that anger and I think in before we even get into the deeper ways of how we talk I think we need to understand that peace is not weakness in fact I think peace is strength I think it is stronger it requires more strength to be peaceful look I mean as We're animals. Any animal that I go and attack is going to fight back. So when we're talking about being peaceful, in some ways we're talking about superseding animal instincts. But I honestly believe that by denying that impulse and instead pushing peace, then we're speeding up a societal evolution. And I believe in people, and I believe in the, the good of the human race. And so this is a, a process I would love to speed up. I really do believe that violence is, is evolving away from us. And that it is evolving so fast that it is shrinking from far off lands. Although that, this is all still happening, of course. But there, it's shrinking. The, the front lines of the war against peace have, have retreated now. And we are now into the war or the, the struggle to bring peace into our bodies into our consciousnesses because a lot of us can detach from actual physical violence of killing people or beating people up that kind of thing we don't don't do that I do think though that some of us with the language that we use are actually creating the container that that ultimate physical expression of violence emerges from that some of us through our sort of use of war or combative-like talk are creating this sort of heightened circle of energy that every now and then sort of spits out a psychopath. (laughs) And I think that we who are doing it are unwitting. And so, you know, forgive me if this comes off preaching but there are ways that some people don't see that they are contributing to this wartime thinking I mean it it sounds kind of elementary but just the use of the word hate all the time now I, I there are videos of me online where I use the word hate. But growing up Quaker, my mom would not, she did not like me to use that word. Because she felt like it gave power to the idea of hate. That hate was somehow this natural thing. And I know some people believe that it is the opposite of love, but I actually believe more apathy is the opposite of love. Someone told me once about hate, and they said, uh, it's anger mixed with care. And so when I say I hate something, in a weird way, I'm saying that I am so pissed off and I care so much about that thing. And sometimes that's just not true. And it, it seems... Maybe a long stretch, but by me using the word hate in my speech all the time, I hate this, I hate that, it kind of broadens the spectrum of, of what you can hate. And in, in, in the more things that we can hate, the more th- the more times we will hate. And so for me, it's like I want to have fewer things to hate. In fact, I kind of want to get rid of hate in my life completely because I believe on the other side of that will be some learning lessons for me. And so I, if I have to use the word hate, I want to reserve it for things like uh, you know, injustice, for discrimination, for non-acceptance, for closed-mindedness. Not for Justin Bieber. Not for America's Got Talent. Something to think about. the way we think and the way we think affects the way we talk and within the categories of thoughts when thoughts start to collect like thoughts collect around each other they become a system of beliefs or at least a collection of beliefs and There are certain beliefs that tie, almost feel like they're coiled around who we are. That there, we each, you know, we all have like reasonable moral compasses, but there are certain issues that for whatever reason, certain beliefs that for whatever reason we just feel like there's a part of our heart just wrapped around it, holding it tight like a vine around a post. And peace is that for me, for sure. And I, I really have such an openness to peace uh, for for many reasons. But honestly, uh, I guess in a weird way, it's sort of selfish because I want to create at least in the immediate moment, I like creating peaceful containers because the experience is so awesome. Because in the space of peace with other human beings around amazing things happen. And sometimes people say the most beautiful things and sometimes they say the most awkward things, but it's so real because both sides are represented. I mean, I... I, it's so hard to really understand how I feel about peace, but I, I actually believe that, that peace, as simple as this may sound, that, that, that peace, bringing peace to not just our um, the physical world, but to our internal world, is the greatest thing that we could do for the world. I feel like we are evolving away from violence, and I just want to speed up where we could ultimately be headed. And that is into a world with much smaller levels of threat. Much more isolated levels of threat. And as I mentioned before about talking, it's the way that we express ourselves is essentially a mirror of our thought patterns most of the time. Thought patterns trigger us to these beliefs and then that belief whether we know it or not this is like you know good beliefs or bad beliefs it leads us into action it informs our action it actually directs our action our things that we believe in and any action that uh, we we know that we can consciously link to a belief becomes a conscious action of belief. And this is when things start to get real. Because when you put your beliefs into action again and again and again you begin to get results of that action. You get data. And when you get a collection of data, you can sift out and see more clearly the best practices. And when you see the best practices, and then you put those practices into action, they become more effective, they take you further, and they become more impactful, And as you do this over and over and over again, this practice of putting belief into action, then you develop the behavior of that belief so that your peaceful belief blooms as peaceful behavior. Then of course over time we look at this behavior and we can begin to see its way meaning its sense its nuances the actions actually begin to create and arise a concept Philosophy. That philosophy can become a teacher. It can become a resource. And it can become a way that we follow what's in our heart. Through conversation, discovery happens. That's not the only way, but through it, discovery happens, and truth is revealed. And as much as I don't like an awkward, small-time conversation, I know that that's the beginning of a potential discovery for me. And peace as a behavior can help keep these type of channels open. It's like we're so used to being prepared for battle that the moment someone starts speaking sometimes, especially someone that we have weird feelings about or we think we're going to have weird feelings about, it's as if we grip our metaphorical sword and shield tighter. And we're kind of focused on fighting them more than focused on listening to them. And so in that kind of posture, it becomes very combative. Like, he swings his sword, then I swing my sword, then he swings his sword, then I swing my sword. And a relationship is denied. Like, the thing is, is that we can sit down to oppositional, decided minds, and they can have a conversation. And that conversation may only, within each participant, just steep them deeper into their beliefs. But their exchange of ideas will be beneficial to the undecided mind that's listening to it. And sure, maybe there'll be a little bit of popularity, but those ideas being swapped back and forth if done peacefully, won't ask the person to choose sides as quickly. And so peace is a very good thing for relationships, and it's, of course, the ultimate conflict resolver. I watch a lot of people go into a conversation with the intent of making it right, But what they're actually doing is just trying to get me to say that they were right. They didn't really come in the interest of peace, they came to get like a court settlement. And what you begin to realize over your lifetime of being an adult is that there's two usually good sides to every story. Like in your teens and early twenties there's more just straight up asshole stories, but as you get older and people get more complicated, wow, that picked up, you start to realize that both people have a perspective. And that it's the idea that you two are going to come together and agree on the facts and how the shared perspective is, well, I got a bridge to sell you. And so when we come into these relationships and these discussions with peace in our hearts we're kind of coming in in a way of saying like we're acknowledging this inevitable truth that this person is probably not gonna feel the full scope of how much they hurt me no matter how many times i explain it to them and my clinging to that is keeping peace from happening I'm telling you, man, I witnessed so many people with these bullshit relationships in their family. I mean, I have them. And I just can see from a distance how much ego is wrapped up in their non-peacefulness. And then some of the hurt that's there is coming from when these people were children that when they were kids their brother or sister said something mean or did something awful to them their mother didn't wasn't there when they needed them or something like that and they they don't so, always seem to realize that this memory however painful it is and i'm sure it's painful but it was it was filed by a 6 year old Meaning that, like, when that happened to you at six or seven years old, you took it a lot harder than you would at 45. Your whole sense of world and scale is so much different now. And so if we can look more empathetically at some of the people that have hurt us, it will make it easier to put the belief of peace into action. And then in so doing, you give, not to sound cheesy, but you give peace a chance. And peace creates just smarter, better, funnier people. I am completely convinced if we lived in a world of non-threat and peace where it never even occurred to you that someone might want to beat the crap out of you while you're walking down the street, that you would spend that time, instead of looking around fearing for your safety, that you could spend that time inventing the desalination of water. That you could spend that time thinking about how much you love somebody. And that that would be more beneficial, not just to you, but to us, if you didn't have to carry that sword and shield. And we can't all go to Washington and protest every war, but we can make ourselves peaceful at home within our own skin. And that small scale will teach us how we can do it on the larger scale. And we have to be committed to it. As I said before, there's going to be a time... When you get hit, and your first peaceful action will be to not hit back. That is how you create peace. The non-doing of a violent act sometimes is enough to create peace. It gets said so much, I think, that we lose its power, but non-violence is a mirror. I mean, I am no perfect man. And I have said a few times in my life, some really horrible and very ugly things to people. And the reason that they know that they were horrible and ugly was because instead of that person hitting me back with something horrible and ugly, they just left it. They just left what I said right in front of me. In fact, they just sat there in silence and just looked at me as tears welled up in their eyes. And I heard the echo of that shitty thing that I said And because they didn't throw it back, it didn't engage my animal that wants to fight back, and instead it engaged my mind, and I thought, why didn't they just throw it back? They didn't throw it back because they want me to see how ugly it is. This is the whole idea of nonviolent protest, and this is what some of us are missing. We're calling some of these protests today nonviolent, but they're not. They're not. They're beyond just disruptive. They're antagonistic. And we need real peace. And peace requires a next level of strength. And that next level of strength is to not dignify violence by returning violence. Each of you has a dignity. And we can get to a point where violence is beneath us. Where it is beneath us. That it would be as if asking us to be violent is like asking us to run around the yard on all fours and pretend we're a dog it's beneath us and we need to remember that that our dignity is maintained by us our, our, our self-respect is maintained by us and our most of our self-respect is formed around our belief-based actions And by belief-based, I mean the ideas that are important to you that are directly linked to your actions. It's worth it. It's worth it. To give everyone a chance to be open be in bloom to put these things into action as I was mentioning my, my chain of events about actions and then conscious actions and those actions constituting a behavior behaviors read as expression, very often so your behavior not only in the immediate results of the direct action but it has the indirect action of being an expression of peace and like any expression that has the potential to inspire and sometimes when people are inspired enough then they too act on that inspired belief and so there is a momentum to peace as well as all positive thinking. But like anything, to get something moving takes a lot of strength and a lot of effort. But once it is moving, it becomes easier. In the same way that healthy choices get other healthy choices, peace decisions make other peace decisions, lead you to other peace decisions and you get good at making peaceful decisions and you start to realize that peace in and of itself as a practice offers a huge teaching environment for you. And then lastly, where some of you may find yourself needing to make peace is within yourself. Unfortunately, for some of you, the war and all the fight talk is happening within elements inside your skin. And we have such this combative upbringing. And we talk about the internal landscape like it's a violent place, just like the world that we've made violent. And we talk about having to fight things all the time to fight our urges, to fight to stay on the diet, to fight back against life, to get back up and start fighting again. It's exhausting. but if, what if we completely change that and we went into these troubled places with peace in our hearts and in that space of peace perhaps we found some sort of perhaps not gentle but some level of acceptance look you're right (laughs) you're getting older And if not now, maybe your friends one day will be able to tell that you have aged. And I'm not so sure fighting that is the answer. If you want to embrace it, do healthy things to slow it down, go for it. Peaceful as hell. But how long are you going to spend fighting that reality? You screwed up. You messed up. How long are you gonna fight accepting that? Because all this energy you're spending on not accepting that you screwed up, you're wasting it on all these elaborate excuses that you don't even believe that would condone your behavior. It was beautiful. It was the relationship of your life. And they broke up with you. It happens. And it can happen sometimes painfully, unexpectedly. How long are you going to fight them? How long are you going to fight against the love that you had for them? Because I know deep down, if if they are that much of an asshole, then you must hate yourself for having dated them. And perhaps your fight with them to prove that they're an asshole is just a manifestation of how much you hate yourself, that you lowered your dignity and were with that person. These are just random examples of how peace can help us. Look, I I, I get it that some people don't like to talk to their exes, but for me, the people that I call exes, I fell in love with them, and there will always be some truth to that, even if we fell out of love. Even if we have moved on, even if we're no longer even seeing each other as attractive. We once did. We were once in love and... There's something special about that person to me. I haven't fallen in love with every person I've met. And in a way, that person, just romantic friendship or not, is a time capsule for us of our past experiences. It's a time capsule that when we're around that person, we remember that time, whether we dated them three years or 13 years. Within that person is a vault of memories for us. And so to hate them or to fight their future happiness, it denies us that resource. Look, I'm not saying that we need to be friends with our exes, but I hate the idea of being enemies. There, I just used the word hate. (laughs) Forgive me, O peace spirit. One of the most needed places for peace is out in public. And as we write this up, or wrap this up, excuse me, I want to encourage you to not just think about peace, but to consider putting it into action, like, immediately. Like, a smile is peaceful. Peaceful. I know I've already done a podcast about how being nice would change the world. (laughs) But in conflict, if you call one of these impossible to understand customer service lines, and if you call them not with anger, or at least not with angry expression, but with peaceful intent, it is amazing how much more efficient the call is. And... Putting it out in public, just to make sure that I've underlined this, does not mean being weak. It means that when you engage with someone, even if that engagement is a confrontation, that you are looking for the outcome of peace and not war and not victory. Peace is not a victory. Unless you just want to get completely blown open and say that everybody wins in peace, which I would accept but in peace there's no victor and that's a good thing that's by design that keeps one-upmanship out of the game and so I in this last few minutes that I have with you really want to encourage you to try to put this out there to be peaceful before you post that status look at its intent and say, is this a peaceful expression? Because peace is important to me, I'm looking at the bigger picture. I realize that this tweet isn't going to make the world peaceful, but it's a drop in that bucket. Or at least, at least, it's not detrimental to the effort. I wish you luck as you go forward with this intention of creating an inner peace, and then allowing that inner peace to create external peace through action and intent. I want to go ahead and comfort you and support you if your peace effort isn't met, if it isn't reciprocated. And I want you to ask you to tap that faith that you have in peace. The faith that you have in your belief. To stick to it and to try again either with that person or in your next encounter. Do it. Do it now. And let's speed this whole process of violence in them and love opening. Thank you so much. Future Hero Podcast, my name is Baxter. Thank you for listening.